Just stop it. The run-of-the-mill, cheesy, humdrum bullshit status quo just tires me out. What fascinates me are the industry disruptors, the superhuman frontiersmen or women who go through hell to achieve their goals. Join me as we meet and learn from those mavericks, rebels, and business leaders that aren't afraid to piss off the establishment in order to make radical change for good. Sponsored by Johto PR, the disruptive anti-PR firm that murders your competition with cinder blocks and cyanide. This is Disruption Interruption. Welcome back, everybody, to Disruption Interruption. I'm your host, KJ, and we're here today to talk to someone else who has steered off the lame, tired path of the status quo. Our guest today has been disrupting all his life. In fact, he's had to. After 15 years of building his leadership brand as a software engineer, an enterprise architect, a public speaker, and helping his community with financial leadership and empowerment, our guest made it his mission to uplift as many people as possible. How? By growing his vision into a media group that would be the conduit of black and brown experience in America. We already have that, right? BET, Ebony, Essence? Nope, not anymore. Let's find out why. Please welcome our disruptor, David Lee, founder and CEO of Ebony Ascent. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> David, are you the CEO? I am the CEO. Okay, um, and you're the founder and the creator and the disruptor and- uh, You know, co-founder, right? And it's funny, I say CEO begrudgingly because I didn't, I actually, I didn't want it. When we founded the company, I was like, I don't want to be CEO. I was like, let me just, just put me in charge of like content, right? I'll just be VP of content and stuff like that or whatever. And it's just one of those things that after a while, the team was just like, dude, stop. Dude, you're see. the visionary. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's um, talk about this vision. First of all, like, how did this get started? You tell me your number one, your main ingredient for disruption. Authenticity, honestly, because especially in today's world, like people aren't authentic, right? And and it's I don't know when it happened, but at some point we woke up and decided like authenticity wasn't a thing, right? We couldn't be like people felt like you can't be your true self in certain places, right? You had to like become this shell or this mask of what people, other people wanted you to be. And you had to fit into what everybody else thought it was. And so that's what you became. And that's what kind of started woke culture or whatever else you want to call it is really people just saying like, no, I'm just going to be me. Like, and everything like, no, let this person be who they are. Like, that's their truth. Why are we trying to silence that? Because it's not what you want to hear or does it make you comfortable? Right. And so it started this nice tension between, you know, what's free speech and what's just somebody being who they are. Right. Which should always be there, I believe. So, I mean, it, it's just that's what I believe has been kind of what led us to kind of say, like, let's do this a little differently. We watched people say, well, Ebony Ascent, being something for Black and Brown Voices, right? Like, to your point, like, well, there's BET. Mm, no, BET started out that way. And then Bob Johnson became a billionaire, sold it to Viacom, and Viacom took it and said, well, let's take what was an actual healthy expression of Black music and Black culture, and then let's Viacom turn it into what we know is going to get people to watch, right? Let's turn it into the stereotype that we know people like to see. Let's get Black women yelling at each other. Let's get them fighting. Let's get Black people being like thugs and all this stuff, whatever. Let's promote all of these stereotypes that we put out there. And it became appalling to, to have so we're like, we're not, Yeah, we're like, that's not all of us. Like, why would you? And so, but that's what, just the same thing we see in reality TV, 
that's what sells. That's what people want to see. People want to see drama. People want to see this. And so they fed into those stereotypes, right? Um, we look at Ebony, Jet, Essence, amazing brands, amazing magazines. And they did a lot for us in the 60s and 70s. And they just haven't quite adapted to this online digital media world, right? They're still doing very good content. I'm not comparing those two to BET at all, but they're just not, they're, they're not pushing forward. They, they, they decided to get big and just kind of play it safe, right? And just, we'll say the things that we can say kind of in a way that doesn't make anybody upset. And when we found it, when we decided to launch Ebony Ascent, the whole thing started with a conversation. We're just like, we're tired of this. Like, we just want, we want to hear the real shit from people that look like this that have been through it. I don't want to hear this, like, pull up from your bootstraps and I just did that. Like, bullshit. No, you didn't. Like, it doesn't work like that. Like, and, and because our people were just starving, they just, just want information. We're not asking, nobody's asking for handouts. and help. No, 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 no. Just give us the same information and access to the same shit that you have. And don't tell me that it's not there because we know it's there. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, how, how do we do this? What do we do? Like, what do we want to do entertainment? And we just, we had this like, just crazy thread of discussions for weeks. And we finally said, you know what? We're going to focus on the stuff that we feel like that matters, right? And I, it was a conversation to me, my co-founder, a couple of friends that said, I'm known as the, the financial person in my circle, right? I've helped all of them from repairing their credit, getting their houses, all the stuff, whatever. And I said, I, got, I said, guys, real talk. Take me out of it, right? How much do you know about finances? And they just kind of paused and they said, well, you know, yeah, I know this. I was like, okay, but when did you learn it? Did you learn it in school? No. Did your mom teach you? Did anybody in your family teach you? I was like, so would you say that this is something that's important that they're like no absolutely it was like yeah actually if it wasn't for you like i wouldn't know a lot of this stuff and i was like okay now let's think about that let's go start asking our friends like how many people in our circles that's the same thing and then we started having that same kind of conversation what do we think is really important and the topics that we don't see talked about in mediums that we share from i can go to youtube and find all kinds of stuff but like are we finding like, where are we finding like black entrepreneurs are telling us how they got their business started? We're seeing it here or there. Like, what if we just had all of that in one place? Let's do Why that. Why do you think that, that is? Why do you think that has become the status quo? And by the way, I will say BET, Ebony, Essence, they were disruptive in their day. Yes, absolutely. And they have now become the status quo, right? Why do you think that information that you want, that you need, that your community needs is not there. Why is that? I think it's twofold. Number one, capitalization, right? Anytime you take a business and you start to scale it, most modern businesses built on the old school manufacturing business model, which is you make a product, you, whatever it is, I don't care if you're a service company, like you have something that you offer and it comes down to cost of goods sold, right? Like how do I produce this for the least amount of money so I can increase my margin. And then how do I do that faster and faster, right? As you scale out and get bigger, like you, you start to, I, let's just say, you start to cut corners to make that so you can get it out to everybody. It starts to become a genericized. It's not the same thing that like, if it's me and you and we start a pottery shop and we're just too, every day, KJ, we're just like, we're gonna make this the best piece of pottery ever. I mean, we are hours, hours spend on it, right? And we sell it to one person and we feel this amazing. We're like, oh, there it is. But then all of a sudden we get a million orders. And we're, me and you look at each other, it's like, we are not about to spend all day doing that. I'm not doing that a million shit, times. Right? Yeah. So as those companies got bigger, there was less, they, they had to kind of conform to a way that they could scale and get their things out there. And then specifically about the content, right? There is this, the content that we focus on, right? So, so mental health, financial empowerment, entrepreneurship and leadership. These aren't sexy things. I'm just going to be honest, right? They're not. 
They're, no, but they are what makes the world go around. Exactly. They're not sexy things. They're boring. And then what we've seen in our community, in the Black community, is most of the time these things are represented. It's just there's no connection. There's no... What do you they're, mean? They're trying to, so the, it's been... I've seen it delivered in a way that doesn't feel, back to authenticity, authentic, right? Because it's... This is... When we named our core media group, right? on the corner, right? We said, okay, where does everything happen for where we grew up? It was it was on the corner. And this thing that you see in a black community is that say somebody goes off to college, they go off mm-hmm. to college educated, they come back, they come successful and they come back. And there's this feeling of like, oh, when they come back to, to the neighborhood, when they come back to the hood, it's like, oh, you're not the same. Something changed you, you're different. And here's what it is, is that there is a way culturally that we speak when we're comfortable around each other, but that's not accepted in, mainstream right it's not accepted in mainstream so i can't talk the way that i talk with my cousins or my boys in the boardroom because Mm -hmm. i'm looked at as unprofessional or this or that or whatever so what happens is that person who left also has to shift back to that mask right they had to conform into this is what's acceptable for you mainstream so then when they come and then that becomes part of them when they come back at home we're like who who are, who are you? you? What is this? <laughs> why don't just talk to me? Like, why are you using this? Why like? And so yeah. what's happened is anytime that's been trying to be presented back, it's been presented back in a mainstream way, right? Nobody's done the translation and go, okay, this is what's happening in mainstream. Let me translate it and then like talk to you like how we normally talk. Like it's me and you chilling. We on the corner, we on the block. Let me tell you about what's going on and how this needs to happen. We're actually starting to see that more and more from when you see like, and this is why we went digital. The, the content creator explosion, right? People realize that I've got this, they, they can create their platforms now and they can do that. And we're starting to see that take hold. Like people are like, okay, cool, right? Because what's missing in all of this is that we connect in different ways, right? Culture is bigger than just race and anything. It's, it's this community type feel of how we connect. And even goes back anthropologically, if you start looking at when we were tribes and all this stuff or whatever, like each tribe had their own way of communicating. Something just feels like home. Right. Like, you know, if you grow up with brothers and sisters, they just feel like home. There's a there is a language that you and your brother and sister has that nobody else has, but you automatically understand. You walk into a room and see your brother. Right. And maybe you just say aardvark and you guys just bust out laughing. Right. You know what it means. There's a language that you have have. And it's the same thing. It's the same with geographical areas in the U.S. I mean, look at the northeast. Look at the south. I'm from the south. We have certain ways to communicate. The northeast. My boyfriend's from Boston. What do they call them? Mass holes, right? Like totally different way to communicate. It's it's the same, right? Yep. And and it's what what the struggle was is this wasn't that wasn't being brought. The translation wasn't happening from what we saw, right? And so we said, look, this is a chance for us to do this and talk about the topics we love. Let's get the people, let's do two things. Let's highlight people that are doing things in these areas, right? My podcast started off just in tech. And I was just talking about tech things. I was like, I'm going to highlight like women and people of color in tech, because every time you see tech, you see some middle-aged white men or some blonde haired white woman, and that's it. And you think, well, that's all that's in tech, right? Or an Asian man, because Asians are, it's a very high percentage of Asian tech. And so when I would talk to people about tech, they would just like, well, I don't know if it's for me. It was like, why? Right. And, and I started to understand because you don't see anybody that looks like you. And so I would challenge. But any there's listener, a lot. I mean, I'm a witness right? to that with all the clients that we have. I mean, that there's a lot. Right. Yep. I would do this fun challenge for any listener that's, that's that's listening to this. Go find your favorite tech company. I don't care who they are. Go to their website and go to the, go to their about us page. Right. And you, when you go to about us, you should see something that says our leadership team or something like that or whatever. You'll find it. Right. I'll say something different and go look at it. 
And I guarantee you, 90% of those companies, when you see the leadership team, it's gonna look like the age of one white man from the time he was 24, from the time he was 75, that's all you're gonna see across the board. Damn. And they're all gonna look the same. And it's like, you don't see anything that looks like, okay, what I wanna be a part of this. Like with these people, are they gonna look out for me? Are they gonna nurture me? Are they gonna help me grow my career? Like, can I trust them? That's right? a big part, right? I mean, people complain that when people come over from other countries, they build their own communities, but I would do that. I want to be around my people. I want to understand them. I want to feel like I have a connection. Yeah, we've created this politicized nature of everything to where I'm very much a beast because you are for something does not automatically mean you're anti anything else. Right. I believe that all like the beauty of this country, the fantasy that this country was built on was always that we would be this melting pot that welcomes anybody and everybody in and you could create what you wanted here in America, right? Which means that a Jewish community could come in and create, bring everything with you, bring your culture, bring everything that's about you and create that here. And then the part that we miss that we is like, and then you share it with everybody else. And then we have all these amazing communities that build themselves and they share and they can coexist. Like it can actually happen. We see it happen all the time. It's just, we don't want to show that because well, then we like- we see it happen, but nobody will admit that it's happening. Exactly. It's happening right? all the time, but- It's happening all the time. We're not admitting it. Right. And and that's what, when we started to go on this, this, this journey and where we are today, like, I'll be honest, we had some conversations because we were like, well, we don't want to seem to- this like we're not like are we going to be seen as like the black panther party we're doing that's like guys i was like being having pride in our culture and who we are is not saying we are anti anybody else and that's why we made very sure in our messaging we're saying look we're having this conversation that's geared towards black people but everybody's welcome to come and sit on the table we're not blocking anybody come sit down and join in the conversation with us but just know that when you walk away from it that the the topic was doesn't geared towards you but that doesn't mean you weren't accepted it's like if you walked into a college campus and walked into a professor's lecture on physics and you're not a physics major the professor's not going to sit there and stop teaching physics because you came <laughs> in get out right right and he's not going to change what he's talking about because you came in and you're an accounting major he's going to keep teaching physics yeah and say so you're welcome and you can come back as many times as you want but just know i'm teaching this for my physics students but you're welcome to come in right He's gonna teach it to the physics. And that's all that we're doing. And it's been so empowering. I told everybody, I was like, guys, be, be authentic. We're gonna have one voice, one message. Just whatever we create, make sure it's us. Don't think about what somebody would hear. This might hurt you. It feels like I said, be, and I, I pushed on us so hard with this. I was like, just be who you are and what we are. And since we've launched, like the, the response has just been amazing, right? That, that we've seen from people, the other content that we've got coming up to address some, some other big issues we're excited about. It's been really fun and just heartwarming, right? To just see this kind of like idea to kind of turn into something and, and keep going. And we're gonna keep pushing and continue to up-level these conversations and make sure that we create this community where our people feel like they're getting what they need in ways from people that look like them and in ways that make sense to them, that connect with them, right? And they don't feel like they're being talked at, they feel like they're being talked to. And that was, a big thing that we that was kind of like our big hypothesis going in is like we think a lot of people feel this way and that's what we've been hearing from our listeners and engagers like i just feel like we've got a, a mental health podcast with two mental health clinicians that talk about different things and traumas and different ways that to go about it and seeking therapy and we've already had people respond just like i just feel like i'm talking to somebody from my family about stuff and my family never talks about this stuff i'm so glad you guys are doing this and we're like and that's why we wanted to do it we wanted wow. to make it normal. 
Well, it sounds like not only is this your main ingredient for disruption, being authentic, it's also your mission statement. Yeah. I have to talk about this conformity thing because I was talking with another disruptor and we are in the age of disruption. But back in the day, conformity was how our parents, that was the society. That was the framework. You conformed. I was talking about this with someone else too, about the business culture. This is the way you do things. This is the way you talk. This is the way you act. And we're now busting open this particular framework and figuring out this new framework. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mean that there's framework. (laughs) It's just a totally new framework. right? Right. How do you not conform when you scale this? If I'm 100% honest. 100%. Like this is complete, total transparency here, right? right? I I don't know, right? And it's one of the challenges that I so look forward to facing. I think it's right now, the best way we go about it is as we start to create, when we look at content of what we're going to create and we look at the creator, we make sure that, do you believe in the mission? And what we're talking about. Do you find and do we connect them with a subject that they genuinely passionately care about that they want to do? Because I what we found if those two things are there, then you're always going to be authentic. Mm. Right. It's when you are stretched or trying to push or trying to make something, right? And what what I push our team all the time is we're looking about we're thinking about content is I want us to flirt this edge of all the content we do, we take care of the production, how it's presented. The vision is I want this platform to be, it's going to feel like YouTube where you can come and kind of see stuff and you'll see content creator type stuff, but it's going to be polished to where it almost feels like a a TV station, right? It's it's going to be some like programming tools like, oh, here's this, here's that. But, and and I want that mix. And I was like, but how we stop ourselves from getting into that conformity is when we're like, oh, like we should do this because everybody's talking about it and we'll get a whole bunch of this. Guys, it's not for that. It's not for the views. It's not for the, I mean, it is, but not for that reason, just to get it. It's the views because they're engaged and this is what they want to hear about. And they will want to hear about it because it's coming from somebody who truly believes in it. And it's coming from a a deep place inside them. And that's what we want to capture. And so as we look to kind of scale that out, it's finding those people that connect with it or finding those topics that we can find somebody who truly connects with something. And and we feel like that's going to be the, our magic sauce for us as we continue to scale out is like, that's how we keep it authentic is that we're connecting somebody to something they really believe about. Because if you think about it, if there's a story or anything that means something to you, right. Or like a favorite book, right. I think most people can get this. You got a favorite book that it's like, oh my gosh, you love this book. Right. And then anytime anybody asks you about this book, you just light up and you will tell them, look, no, you got to read it. I'm going to tell you the best book ever. Right. You will, nobody will ever think that you're being unauthentic because they can feel it. They can see it in how you're talking about this book. Like you really like, they, they may get like, I don't even like science fiction, but KJ really loved this book. I, I got to go read it just because she just, I mean, I just saw a whole different side of her when she talked yeah. about this book. That, that That's it, right? If we can keep connecting people to that, we'll allow us to keep doing that and creating the right content and go out. And we'll see, right? I told my team, there's good problems to have. Let's get there. Let's get so big to where we're like, how do we keep doing this? And now it's like, great. Now we've got some we've got some real challenges. And those are good problems to have. That would be a good problem to have. Why do you think that, this may sound like a really stupid question, but why do you think finance and entrepreneurship is the like two of the main tracks that um, you're not getting enough data and content about? So because it's uh, number one, and this is starting to change across the board in the U.S., but we don't teach finance in school ever. Ever. We just don't. We teach you everything else. 
but we don't really teach you finances, period, right? So if you start there and then you start on for, and these are just facts, right? Majority of African-Americans live in an impoverished area. So their schools have less than the average schools. So already they're not getting finances in schools, right? So then of course you're not gonna get finances in, in, in these underserved schools. And so you come out and you don't really even know how the world works from, from a finance standpoint. In today's society, you cannot exist without touching some sort of finance. You need to understand how these things work. If you don't understand it, then you are literally left and trapped on the outside of something. You're not allowed to get, it, it controls where you bank, it controls where you live, it controls what you have access to, the job you get, all these things are connected. They track credit scores now for background checks for jobs, right? So all these things are connected. So if you don't understand finance in this bigger system and how it works and how it affects you, then you will be affected by it. You will be outside of the resources that you need because you don't understand how to use the finances properly. You don't understand how to use these tools properly to get access to the other things, which number one is just shitty, but it is the way it is, right? And if we, I look at it, there's two things we can do. We can sit there and complain about it and yell and yell and say, this is unfair, this is unfair. <laughs> you can bitch about it. You can or, get people and, and fight about it. <laughs> right. I was like, or you can actually just realize that, okay, well, this is how it works. Let me figure out how this works and go work within it. And that's why finance for us was such a big thing. It's like we have to show and teach and, and give our people areas where they can like, okay, now you understand what this is. You understand credit, you understand finance, you understand how to put your finances together, you understand investments, you understand the banking system in general, you understand interest and credit, you understand what this means, you understand leverage, how you should manage that, where you can use it for. And it starts with just basic understanding of now you can balance your checkbook every day, right? You can have a balance, you know what's coming in, but then it gets to the more powerful stuff, which ties to entrepreneurship, right? People look around and goes, well, how did this person start this business and all this, whatever? You think, I, I, I try not to paint with broad brushes, but when I was growing up and a lot of my friends, a lot of people I know, we saw business people, we immediately thought they were millionaires because it's like, that's what it would take to run a business. But you don't under, we don't understand finance and leverage. It's like, no, you just have to have a decent enough financial standing. And now you can start to use leverage with your credit to do other things and go create a business. Now, when you're collecting debt, it's, are you creating enough revenue to service that debt? Now that's seen as good debt that you have leverage that you can access. You can use that leverage to start doing more things. Right. So now you can get this small business loan to go and get your business up and, and going. Right. You love to whatever it is, you love to knit, you love to, to make cookies or whatever. It's like, hey, so now instead of you making cookies in your little oven, how about I give you the proper financial tools? You can go get a small little kitchen or a food truck, use leverage to go get that, get a bigger oven to go make your cookies. And then the price that you're selling for your cookies comes in that pays down or pays off the service debt for what you get to get your truck. And now everything else over is profit. Guess what? Now you're a business, right? And now that you're a business, when you pay taxes on what's left over, because you're a business. Oh, by the way, guess what the tax system was created for? Business owners, not individual. Like, all of this stuff unlocks when you just understand what it is. So if you knew nothing about that, right? If all of that was foreign to you, what would you do? You would just go to work right. because that's all you know. Because that's and all you, you know. And you would look at a world that's constantly passing by you and feels like it is not a place where you belong. So you're really operating off of this principle that if you know the business or tech of something and you know how to use it, you cannot be the adverse effect of it. Right. I, so I, you're putting a large demographic of people at cause over their life. Yes. Over their finances, over entrepreneurship. I think it's really very interesting you're doing entrepreneurship because 
entrepreneurs create something out of nothing. Right. And that is not easy to do. It's not. It takes a great amount of create, takes a great amount of smarts, doesn't matter what you're doing, right? right. It takes a great amount of courage, tenacity. I mean, it really does tell about the type of individual. An entrepreneur, even if he sucks, he's doing something, right? He's right. doing something about it, right? And again, that's disruption because what did our parents and so forth, like it was like work for a company, don't be an entrepreneur, right. like. It was, I can tell you from my standpoint, right and I, before my grandfather passed, it was about seven years ago. I mean, he was full of stories, man, 90, 90 years old. The things that he saw was amazing. But for black people, it was conformity was safety, right? Because if you did not, especially in the generation that he grew up in, my, my grandfather was, you know, born in the 1920s, right? So like, if you didn't conform to an aspect of what they wanted you to be, you were killed. Yeah, what a hostile safety, environment, right? right? I push so many people on this when they want to talk about this, like, oh, you bring that up. It was so long ago. I was like, no, it wasn't. It was a no, generation ago. No, it really ago. wasn't. Like, it was a generation ago. <laughs> like, it's not, not that long ago. You know, we're talking about 1800s, 1700s. It wasn't that long ago at all. And all of that to say it's like it, it was in our community, it was, yes, you, you got to conform because this is how you stay safe. It was all about staying safe, right? Because we just, black mothers, black fathers, they all get this, they send their kids out and it's like, I just want you to come home. Like, right? Because something as simple as looking the wrong way could mean you don't come home. Or looking so, at the wrong person, right? Right. So I don't want, so I don't, of course, we're not going to push anything outside of a norm. Entrepreneur, what? You just come home. You go get a good job. You put your head down. You do what you're supposed to do and you come home. That was it, right? So for decades that was all that just come home now as we start to progress as a society we get to get a little bit better it's like okay you can start to dream a little bit you can start to do you can start to do different things and i think now what's important about this time where we are currently is that we are starting to get more and more past that where that conformity that safety mindset is like no it's okay like you can actually go be a trailblazer again and the society has created a world between digital media banking like literally the world is at your fingertips to go and create and so at the heart of everything we want to do and the new content creator we're working with and i, and I won't spoil it yet okay. the marketing person but all the stuff that we're getting launched when we got her to sign on she said look i honestly don't care if one person sees anything that i do but if that one person sees it and gets inspired and it makes them say yes i can do this i believe about myself and this is who i am and they feel comfortable in accepting who they are, she was like, I'm good. And I was like, and that is exactly why we want you on this platform. Because that at the end of it is what it's about. Yes, we have a business plan and all the stuff we want to scale and make revenue, all these great things, right? I'm a capitalist, people never get that twisted. But <laughs> at the end of it, I was like, all I want is somebody to come to go is like, they found an article, they found a podcast, they saw one of our live shows and said, I get it. Like, I, I want to do this, or I, I, I want to be better about this. I can go be an entrepreneur. I can manage my finances. I can do this. Like, that's it. That's, and that's why we named it Ebony Ascent. It's about having these conversations that can get past sometimes this, this negative stereotypes that have been pushed on you to where you feel like you are less than, or you can't do something. All of that ends. And we're not feeding into that trope. We're not feeding into any of that. We're feeding into positivity and lifting you up and going, yes, you absolutely can. And by the way, we'll have a community here right behind you. So when you go out and say that you want to do something, we'll be here when you stumble because you're going to stumble. We all do. It happens. It's okay. 
right? It's okay to stumble because you started and then you'll get up and then we'll come pick you up and then you'll do it again and then you'll do it again and then you'll stop stumbling and all of a sudden you'll look back and be like, holy shit, I did it. And that's, yeah, that's that. badass. That is completely different than black entertainment yeah. TV or it really is an, it's an ascent, right? Yeah. What was I going to ask? Oh, when did you say that's freaking it? When did you like have that epiphany? I know it was a while coming, but what day you said that's, that's freaking it. I'm doing something about this. I can't stand it. Um, okay. So you guys get a, a little <laughs> peek into the second part of the story. So there's two parts to the story that led to all this, right? The very beginning happened back in 2008, a long time ago. Well, I'll, I'll tell that story later. But this one, when I knew it was it, I had literally probably reached one of the pinnacles that you would say in the tech career, right? I was working for AWS, making just stupid amount of money. It was ridiculous. I could not believe how much they were paying me. And for a tech person, like, that's it. Like, you, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, like, this is it, right? And I hated it. I hated every single minute of it. You are every not the only I, person I hear that happens to. Every time I got paid, KJ, I got depressed. Why did, why did you was get like, depressed? Because I, it, what, what was I doing? What was this? I didn't like the culture there. I didn't like everything they were about. And I was just like, this doesn't make any, they were trying to like change who I was as a person. You need to think this way. I'm like, I'm, this is not, what am I doing? Damn. And so I left there. I left there in May of 2020. And so I was like, all right, not knowing where else I was going to go. I, I didn't really care. I'd done enough for myself. I was like, I got a good two years before I even have to worry about getting a job. I'm just going to, I'm just going to live. I'm just going to see what happens. And we'd been having this conversation. I had my podcast stuff like that. We've been talking about doing some of this stuff. And it was in June. I don't remember the exact day, but I, I remember it was in June. It was the summer because I was in Austin and I had gone for a, a long bike ride and I was sitting at park like, like by this little stream. And I just said, I was like, I'm, I thought about like where I, where I was. Right. And I just had a conversation the day before like, Oh, what are you doing? Where are you up to? What's your next job? I was like, I'm not, I was like, I don't know. I don't care. Like, I don't. And they're like, damn, you got it like that. I was like, no, I don't have it like that. But I was like, I've, I've put together a plan where I don't really need to go and work. And I thought about, it, I was like, what, this is refreshing. Like, I don't have to do anything. I was like, we should, I was like, this feeling should be manufactured and everybody should be able to do this. And then I said, this is what I want to do, right? I just want to do this. I just want to make sure that we can, I can create a pathway where everybody can figure this out for this. So that everybody can fill this, like, what is it? And it started, and it just like that, it all started coming up. So we can do the finance, we can do this. And I started texting my co-founder and my, I was like, we got to do this. Like, we got to do this. So I was like, I get these huge ideas, right? And they, they know me. Like, I just, I get ideas and it's over. I got the whole thing planned out, all this stuff, whatever. And so um, it was that day I came back. We had the meeting that night and, and they were like, we should do this. Let's do it. Let's do the media company. I said, done, done. I literally, I formed the LLC like that night. And then we just been rolling ever since. And it's not always as cliche as that. Like I said, there's longer conversations and stuff that happened before that led up to that. But it's, I feel like you hear it enough times when you talk to people and you talk to any entrepreneur, right? There's always that moment that just pushes you where you just, it's either you're at, it's either rock bottom or you're like, you've got nothing else to do back against the wall. I got to make this work or it's, you're fed up. Like something just hits you. You're just like, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. Yep. Like you're just done, right? That's right. You are done. And, and it's, and I think I would tell any entrepreneur, you've got to figure out that why of why you're doing something like has to be visceral. 
It has to be tied to something because there are going to be days where money and fame or whatever, like free, it's not going to matter to you. It's not going to put, it's not going to get your ass out of bed, right? Or it's not going to keep you up till two o'clock in the morning doing what you need. It's not going to do it. There's mm-hmm. got to be a visceral connection of a why that I'm doing this that will fuel you. And if you don't have that, this is not the life for you. Right? Well, if you don't have that, people aren't going to follow you either. That's true. You are in an age, we are in an age where people are saying, wait a minute, why does it have to be this way? It's not just yeah. in your community, it's in many communities, right. right? And we are in a particular society now where that's being more welcome. However, that conformity is still there and yeah. you are going to piss people off. Oh, yeah. Right? You already know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what have you expected? in terms of that yeah I, i've expected all of, i've expected you know people to attack my character i've expected people to drag me into and they've already i've had a couple of people try like in political discussions about like why i'm you know pandering to, to race and and this is why does it need to be this it can be about everything you, you guys have had plenty of opportunities all this stuff like it, it is and i see it for what it is it is that conformity is that change and i always um I always respond with the, with what I said to you earlier, I was like, since when does being for something mean anti anything? And I was like, so your reaction to, to what we're doing tells me that you are threatened by something. Well, that, they're threatened by the fact that disruptors get, are getting out of the rat race, whatever the rat race is. Right. It's a rat it, it, race. You feel like things changing different than what you are used to or somehow going to affect you, which it will, but you automatically think it's going to be a negative thing. Well, it's going right? to affect their mortgage and it's going to affect their conform society right. and right? right everything they like and they put it in a box. Yeah. And so look, I, I've, me personally, I've prepared that. And then I told the team, like, we'll get to a certain point where people will say that, again, like we're playing the race card or we're doing this or, or we'll be, you know, tagged as some kind of terrorist group or whatever they they try to do. Because like, because I told her, like, we are not going to be, we're not going to be apologetic about anything. Yeah, right? Don't apologize for who you are, how you feel, what it is and what our culture is. Let's put it in front and don't apologize when we call out things that are wrong. And so look, and so it's part of that is, is that I've kind of, you know, try to prep them for some of that, but we'll see it when it, when it gets there. Right. I'm, I'm it, history has shown that anytime anybody wants to disrupt or says something that other people disagree with, right. And independent when it comes to, you know, race, religion, finance to a lot, like you get visceral reactions for it. So we'll see. We've tempered that a little bit. You're doing by, something right though. Exactly. And we've tempered that by like staying away from certain content for now, based on the size of where we are. Like my, one of my buddies wants to have, he really wants us to do a political show. And I said, okay, I was like, we will. I was like, just not right now. I want us to have, I want us to grow a little bit more. I want us to have a better community around us, a better backing behind us. Because when we go that route, I was like, you've seen what that is. We know exactly. As soon as we do that, we know what's coming. And not that I am, I want to make sure we have the resources to fight that fight the right way because we're going to stand in it and we're going to fight. But we don't want to get into that fight and all of a sudden we just don't have the resources to stay and keep going at it. I was like, but believe me, we're we're going to get into that. We're Very going to of you to hold back and wait for a little bit. <laughs> yes. <sighs> yeah. Who are the early adopters of this new type of media group? Tell me about the visionaries that are getting on board, right? So <clears throat> we've right now. We've seen a lot with Younger, which we were su- not surprised, but we thought it would take a little bit more to get them, right? So it's- you know, Younger as far as like what age? 
Yeah, so group. yeah, right. Because I'm showing my age. So the the 25 to 30 group, right? Okay. Uh, which we we felt that we always knew we wanted to go after that group, but we thought it would take a little bit longer to get them. But we we've been seeing a lot of response from that group so far, which has been good, and and they love it because they don't they are they're right in that generation where they're looking at it and they're like. I don't really know if I like what I see out here, right? They like to, they haven't had to conform yet. They're at the right. tip of the burg, right? Like right, and they're just kind of like, I don't know if I want to kind of do what everybody else is doing. Like there was one young lady that I met. She was just turned. She was actually really young. She was she just turned eighteen, and I met her out in just out in town Atlanta. It was her and her mother. We're at a little coffee shop or whatever. And long story short, I'm a networker. I, I've never met a stranger, so I'm always talking to people. And she was like, "Oh, you know, my daughter just turned eighteen, and she's trying to figure out what to do." And I was telling her about the college I went to, but more specifically about. I told her, I was like, hey, finances." I was like, "Learn it right now. You're eighteen. You get if if you get this right now, by the time you're forty, I was like, you will never have to worry about money again in your life if." You you pay attention right now and just get on it and her mother looked at her and goes listen to him because i'm telling you she was like this is what i didn't know so she subscribed to the to the our money blog stuff like that or whatever she's reached out to me then she goes oh my god i've learned so much she goes i love she goes and, and i'm telling my friends um because she's going to community college here she was like no don't go off to get these credit cards do this or whatever and she's she's eating all this stuff up because again she didn't know where to get it from and we're seeing some more of that demographic and then on our creator side we're we're getting people reaching out to us who are just like, yes, like I've been wanting, we had one real estate agent was like, she, they want to do a real estate podcast. She go, I've been wanting to do a real estate podcast about the realness of being a black homeowner and shopping for homes as a black, like she's, and she was like, she wanted to do all this stuff, but she was scared because she, be felt fantastic. Like, she felt like if I did this, like she would alienate like this or that, whatever her company would come against. She was like, just like, again, the conformity thing, right? Like she had, and, and so we've got a couple of kind of requests for that. So we've been going through that, talking to some potential creators. And so, so far it's been people who are just like, look, this is the information. They couldn't find a, a way to get it. They love the way we present it. And then creators are just like, hey, like I love this angle that you're going at to, and I want to kind of do something with this angle too. And so we're just like, okay. You're doing um, your so own creator economy. Yes, that is the that is the vision as it starts to, to create. We want to we want to have two twofold a place for creators to come in, and we help them um, with whatever they want to do. If they, if they match with the audience and the voice that we have and want to put out there, we'll create a place for them to come and, and create their platform and do that. And then really, it's and then our audience members, right? Like all these people that can come and say five years from now, people come to Ebony and Sense. Like I go to Ebony Sense for everything. I want financial advice. I go here. I want I want to learn how to start a business. I go here. I want courses. I go here. Like it's just the place where they come because they know they can find it. And again, from people that look like them, that that can relate to them because it is different. Like, and I think what's important and what I would love to see as we go forward is like. I want to see this for, for everybody because it, it is different. If you're a woman entrepreneur, it's going to be different if I talk to you versus KJ, if you talk to them, right? Because there's certain things that as a woman, I will never understand what it's like in a meeting. I don't, I'm not a woman. I will never get right. it. I can empathize, right? Because trust me, in tech, I see it. Well, like, yeah, you see it, but women learn things differently and we ask right? things differently and we think about things differently, right? So just yeah. that alone yeah. makes it a different community. Yeah. And I think that people are really, we've done a great job in society of voicing how much representation matters and it's waking people up to going, yes, like that. Sometimes they didn't even realize that's what it was. Like they didn't understand why they were uncomfortable. And so they realized it's because nobody here looks like me. It's like nobody here like relates to me, whatever that is. If it's nobody here is my same religion, nobody hears it. Like we need that as people, we need to feel that connection with somebody that says, I don't have to talk, like you just know. 
right? Yeah. That is so important. And when somebody like that communicates something to you, then it just, I want to find somebody who can break it down. It's like, I feel like we learn it better, right? When somebody that you can connect with and go, they see me, they understand me. When I hear it from them, it resonates versus this other person who may know it 10 times as much as this other person, but for it just doesn't come across. I get maybe 70% of it, but not all of it. There's something there in that connection that carries the rest of it. And we just, we want to amplify that. Well, I think that's awesome. What are your challenges and growth in the next few years? Our biggest challenge is honestly marketing, getting out there, getting above the noise, right? There's a lot of people doing all kinds of stuff, which is great mm -hmm. that people have the ability to do it. Not so great in that there's a lot of just crap out there. Yeah. Um, so one, it's it's really you know honing our honing and amplifying that message and getting used to that. And then after that, it's I would think for for us, it's anything other media company has. It's like continue to engage with our audience, right? Making sure we're staying connected with things that they feel um, is, is valuable, right? And so as we look at that in the next couple of years, like what is that? We could say finance and business is a thing right now. Is it gonna, I feel like those things will always be there. They'll always be there. Right? As we we look forward, is, is there other content we wanna get into and how do we stay, how do we stay focused? and not spread ourselves too thin. Cause like I said, we've had content meetings about all kinds of stuff that we want to do. And I'm like, I was like, everybody, I want to do it all. I was like, but we've got to, we've got to stay focused so we can build it and make sure we have the base to kind of give that to. So I think those are our biggest things, right? Just staying true to, to how we get our, how we grow and stay connected with our content, with our audience. And then just getting, you know, yeah, marketing, surviving it as a start. Market, right? market your ass off, right? <laughs> right. Getting the message out there, getting people, getting that community, right? And that's what I tell us like, we want to, we want to try, man. We want people who are, we're starting to see it. We've had, like my CEO told me, we, he's had like five messages over the last two weeks of people like, I love everything you do. I just want to work for you guys. I'll work for free. What do you guys need? And we're just like, okay. <laughs> like how do that's, you think as this grows, how do you think this is really going to, this conformity that's changing all these dynamics, right? Because conformity is a mindset. Yes. So is ascent. It's a mindset. So as this changes, it's changing like all the time. What do you think things are going to be like in the next five years as this grows? Um, honestly, I think we, I think we're on the verge of seeing the economy, like what started off as like this kind of gig economy, right? That people talked about. It needed what we're having as a after effect of the pandemic, which is people realizing that it's like, there's more than one way to survive in this world and, and do these things, right? So you see the opportunities with gig, the gig economy is done from a platform perspective and ways that you can create revenue for yourself, whatever it is, content creator, door to, all this stuff or whatever, same thing. You can produce information and then sell it or do a service or whatever. And so I think as part of that, as people start to get the knowledge of, I want to learn and do different things. I want to be, I, I think we're going to see kind of a, a renaissance of what we saw like way back in the days of like Aristotle and we have philosophers and people who just were like, hey, I want to be something. What is that? Let me go seek knowledge and then turn that into something that I can do. It won't quite be that, but I think what we're going to see is this digital That's beautiful though, where people really just kind of seek out what their information is and they just say, okay, well, I want to do this and this is what I want to offer out to the world. And there's a platform for me to do that and then create a living for myself. And I do think we're going to see less about, we will see people, they're just going to be more billionaires and all this stuff. Capitalism is going to exist, but I think what's going to, this is going to create is a more healthy 
kind of middle-class area where it's like you can find a way to survive and be you and just offer your services and, and, and your art or whatever it is to the world and experience it in a different way, which you couldn't do before. The only way you could do this is like you had to be tied to some kind of job and some kind of nine to five. Like you can, as a entrepreneur, a self-employed person, make the same, if not a little bit better living than working nine to five at like a Kmart, right? And I'm not, you know, speaking down to any of these people, but I'm just saying like, you have options now. Before that was like, well, if oh, that's no, what I don't you wanted be... to do, right? right. Like, Seriously, oh, if is... that's what you wanted to do it. Right. Like, oh, this is going to be scary. Like there's people there because they feel like there's no other way for me to do it. I got to get this. And now it's like, no, like, look at the look at the 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 world that we live in like you can start up a, a freaking shopify store in two minutes and like sell which like it's and it and people's like but well, i gotta be this sales it's like no you don't like you can just use these services that are there learn what it, what this system is learn the things about it and then exist in this world and like kind of really like be free we're seeing a lot in the tech where people now are getting like they're trading their homes for like mobile homes and just like traveling the world and like working from there computer anywhere and they're just taking contract gigs. seriously like, okay, considering that. <laughs> for six months right yeah and then yeah so i really do think we're, we're, we're going to see that right this is we're going to see this kind of push and it's waking to people realizing that there's different ways that they can go about stuff and it's going to change the way we look at the uh, it's going to change the economy right totally. and how things go about it and it's going to be interesting how these corporations respond and i think we're going to see a big push towards contract jobs i think w2 employment is going to kind of not going to go away, but it, it's going to have to start. You're going to have to start offering positions like, okay, well, you can be W two or can I use a contract, or we can do this because people are realizing it's like, look, I am the I am the service, right? I am the I am the resource, human resources. I am the resource. I so, am the resource. Yes. Hey, like, I can work for you, or I can work for here, I can work for there, and it's very funny because I, I know a lot of. You should add that to your financial track contract negotiation. Like employment contract the negotiation, you should add that. That would be something so cool. Listen to me telling you what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a really good idea. I've got a, I've got a friend of mine. That's what she does. Is she's a VP in human resources, so she knows all about that. That's actually a really good idea. Thanks. Well, David. thank you, <laughs> <laughs> David. What were you like as a little boy? Like, have oh, you gosh. always been this? Like, oh my god, I've got this idea. Yep. I'm going to disrupt it. Or were you like quiet and looking at things like so I, I what were you like a version of this my entire life so the earliest <laughs> story I can tell you is my mom I don't forget how old I was but my mom tells a story where I came home one day and told her like when I turn 18 I'm gonna graduate high school and I'm gonna go across and I'm gonna fly across the country and I was like seven or something I don't it was like really like for me to say this at the age it was just like shocking and then my mom, I was always thinking, and so like having these conversations when I was younger, I would get kicked out of class because I would finish my work so fast or like a teacher would say something and logically it wouldn't make sense. And so I didn't, I was young, so I didn't know how, but I was challenging the logic of it, but I was truly just asking questions because I didn't understand it. And I was always pushing because if it didn't make sense to me, then I wasn't going to accept it. You weren't just going to tell me something that didn't make sense. And so yeah I've, I've always been like this and it, it thankfully my mom had a good friend who realized like and this is another problem sometimes like but like they tried to classify me oh he's this he needs to be in a special class all this stuff whatever and my, my mom's best friend stepped in and said that's bullshit. like go get him tested for advanced classes i guarantee you that's not the case it's like he's too smart for these teachers and so literally that's what ended up happening and so it was just like 
And, and they started looking at it. It's like, he's not, they started asking questions. What do you mean he's disrupting class? Like, what is he doing? Is he, and she was like, well, no, he's just, he's taking us off track by asking all these questions and things like that. So wait a minute, you've got a student who's asking questions and wants to know more. He goes, well, he just, he won't accept the answers that I give him. He was like, again, how is this a bad thing? So yeah, I've always been this way. And it just, as I got older, right, I, it just kept going. And I That's kind of good. found my voice and... <clears throat> Yeah. Don't you find it's ironic that you end up in the tech industry, which is typically always about conformity? I mean, listen, high tech societies have always been historically like like even in science fiction conformity. Right. Right. And now you're building this society in high tech that's. Has nothing to do with conformity yeah. wide open. It is. It has been a very interesting journey. Crazy. Um, and when I look back at it, so I. People always tell me it'll make a very interesting book one day. So we'll see. You will. You will. And so what do you do outside of, of this? Do you have any crazy passions or is this your crazy passion? This is definitely the, the craziest passion. But outside of this, just to unwind, I love like kind of playing sports. So, so golf, even though I suck at it, but I just love being out there on the course. I'm still, I, I grew up in the generation of video games. So I'm still a video game head. And actually um, my, my college buddies and I have this big group. And so we'll get together, just play games, either on the weekend or at night, stuff like that. And it's also a chance for us to kind of, guys do have groups as well, right? We're not, it's not the same as women, but like, that's our chance for us to just kind of connect and bond and share dad stories and stuff like that and uplift each other. So those are probably, those are the two, and then movies. I'm a big Marvel fan, MCU. So any MCU movie that comes out, I am there. You are on it. Yes. And so, and so you like to play golf, even though you suck at it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Only you, David. It's because it's the mental aspect for me, right? Like golf is very much a, it's, and I like playing, like I'll try and go like super early or like late, like an off seasons. Like right now it's gonna be peak season. So it's always gonna be full. But I kind of like when not a lot of people are out there. Number one, cause I, I'm not rushed. But two, like there's something about like connecting if you're like on a really nice course, like just with nature and being out there and like being able to silence your mind and like focus on what you're doing because you need that focus to be able to hit the ball and, and like do stuff, whatever. So that's what I love about it. It's just, it's a very peaceful, zenful, competitive thing because I'm competing against myself and I hit a bad shot and I'm like, geez, that was so horrible. And then it's about <laughs> being like smart enough to like, or calm enough to go, okay, stop it, sending yourself back, get the next shot. And I just, I don't know, it's just this. And then to be like on a course when it's a beautiful day and like- You go by that, yourself? I do. I, I oh, go for wow. myself a lot, specifically here because I don't have a I don't have a good group yet. In Austin, I had buddies and we would go all the time. So here, I, it's mostly by myself, and so I'm still networking, reaching out, and getting some good golf buddies. But I'm kind of doing the solo golf thing. It's kind of nice. But that's cool. And for here, for our listeners, it's Atlanta. Yes. Yes. Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. So, David, tell people how to get a hold of you. It's super easy. Number one, go to ebonyscent.com. <laughs> And um, you can connect to all our socials there. And then specifically me, email address is david at onthecorner.us. I would give you my socials, but honestly, I'm not on it. I'm actually handing it off to most other people. I don't even manage my socials anymore. So uh, best way to get at me is to go to ebonyscent.com because if you post something on there or send me an email, that's the fastest way to get a response from me. Badass. And one last question. If you had to describe the industry, the category, or whatever you're disrupting, what would it be? Mm. Man, I would say online media and we're disrupting online media and how, let me, let me back that up. 
it's online media, online media and content creation. Because how we're approaching it and the platform that we're building and putting together is built to both empower content creators and the actual audience at the same time. And make sure that it's, it's kind of equal and fair to both. And for listeners that are saying, but YouTube does that, Instagram does that, eh, they do, but they're slanted towards making YouTube and Instagram money. Right. right. We're, not, we're building this platform not to make the platform money. It's to empower both because we want um, an easy way for content creators to get what they want and create their content and get their message and their voice, their authentic is out there and a place where the audience can come and know that this is coming from creators who are have the same mindset as you, who think like you, who look like you, who came from the same areas. And so that's kind of that area we're, of we're disrupting is that online media content creator area of like, oh, go create a bunch of content and then sell courses and you do this and then do these ads and blah, 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 whatever. And now all of a sudden I've got a million dollars and I'm all this, whatever, and I don't have anything. Like, no, we're not about any of that shit. It's like, come here, get some real stuff that's actually gonna help you. And then come here and help and be part of a platform that allows you to be authentic self and get your voice out there and talk about you and to talk about like and not be like censored or you have to conform your content into a way to get it specifically on this algorithm so you can get the views that you want and all this stuff whatever uh -uh. well Nobody i think in essence after you just said all that i think you're disrupting authenticity at its core that's what i think okay i'll take that <laughs> david thank you thank you so much I could talk to you for hours, but yeah, that's a wrap everyone. If you learned something today or laughed, go tell someone about this podcast. If you want to go golf with David, hook him up, hook up with them in Atlanta, tell people to go disrupt their markets with some tidbit from this show. And thank you for listening to Disruption Interruption, where we transform lives, change consumer behavior, alter economics, and never accept the status quo. Ciao for now. Because we live in a highly litigious society with America being one of the top litigious countries in the world, here's our legal disclaimer. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional public relations or legal advice. Do not disregard seeking professional legal, healthcare, or financial advice or delay seeking professional PR or legal advice because of something you have heard here. Contact an attorney to obtain advice on any particular legal situation or problem. Use of this podcast or our website or any of its social media or email links do not create an agency-client relationship between Joto PR and the user.